All right, we are live with the Golden Broom Podcast, episode number five. And I am the Nostra Tiger, and I am joined by... I am the one and only the most famous propeller head in the world. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, tonight we're going to be talking about some good baseball this weekend, as well as recapping what we saw this past weekend. But before we get into that... Let's do our opening video. All right. Well, Chris, I don't know about you, but that was a hell of a weekend of baseball we just came from. A lot of eye-opening results, so to speak. For sure. For sure. Uh, A lot of great action. Got to see a couple of... uh, top 20 matchups this weekend, which is always yep. good early in the season. Absolutely. You, you're putting your kids in, in the environment that they're going to see in the postseason. So that's always a good thing for teams to be doing that. Absolutely. So I think, yeah, you, learn, we, uh, I think you learn a lot more doing that than you do just going out and beating the brakes off of somebody. Sure. And uh, from over the weekend, we had Florida State and TCU. That was a huge matchup. You know, TCU came off of – Arguably the best opening weekend you could ask for. And then Florida State Seminoles, you know, new leadership, and they they showed it. Yeah, Link Jarrett had them boys swinging some bats this weekend for sure. He did. Put up double-digit runs in at least two of them. I'm double-checking. They might have gotten a third one, but I'm not certain on that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, Link, he was awesome at Notre Dame. You know, we saw what he did in the postseason last year. And then going to Florida State, all of us in the admin group, we were pretty high on it. We were we were very happy to see it happen for him. And we knew he would be successful. We didn't – I me, me personally, I did not see him getting his boys ready this quickly. Man, they look good. And to correct myself, the – the third game in that series was three to two. Of course, I would be wrong on that. <laughs> of course, of course. But yeah, just, um, just so used to seeing them putting up double-digit runs over the weekend, I kind of, kind of assumed absolutely. that it would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they literally took TCU to the woodshed in the first two games, and it was it did not look like the TCU we saw in Week One. That is for sure. Not at all. Uh, didn't swing the bats that way. Their pitching was not near as close as what it was opening weekend. Uh, I was actually surprised that Florida State handled them the way they did. Sure. Now, do you fear that this could uh, lead to maybe a little bit of a downfall for TCU, or do you think they'll bounce back? I think they bounce back. Uh, They got a neat little tournament this weekend. We'll discuss that later. Oh, yeah. uh, I I think they're going to bounce back. They were – preseason top 20 for a reason they're really really good and you know that's one one thing that's always amazing to me is early season overreaction sure because let's let's be honest this is a uh marathon not a sprint so it's not always how you come out the gate it's how you how you manage yourself throughout the long season Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, you know, coming out of that series, I mean, that was one of the big series. And we also had your Vandy boys taking on UCLA at home. And I made a prediction that said that they would hold UCLA under seven runs for the series. 
that happened. That was nice. Um, I wanted Vanderbilt to pull the sweep. I really did. But, man, I was very, very impressed with what I saw. I like the pitching that we got this weekend. Uh, that kind of pitching is going to win you a lot of games. Absolutely. But the downfall is we just couldn't hit. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't hit to save our lives. But we scored some runs in the first game. Uh, one bit – we had one big inning in the first game, uh, put up five runs. And then the second game, we couldn't score. And then the third third game, we had one inning where we put up two runs. <laughs> and beyond that, we couldn't score again. Yep. So the bats are not there for Vanderbilt right now. The arms are. And a lot of people should remember what I said about Vanderbilt early on is, they're arm tight, but where are the hits going to come from? And certainly that's playing out right now, just like I thought it would. Sure. Yeah, with um, Enrique Bradfield Jr., he um, he's got a slump on the base path, it seems like. And that's weird. <laughs> and it's funny because he's, you know, he's hitting 185 mm-hmm. in the leadoff spot. And for leadoff guy, you just can't have a guy hitting 185 in the leadoff, which I think it's putting a lot of pressure on him when he does get on base. I think he's trying to do too much. Absolutely. To make something happen, to make up for his bat. But if it's not there, don't take it. Sure. And you got to make sure it's there. Uh, He did break the school record this weekend, which is good to see. Uh I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen a faster college player, but that's debatable. Sure. And I just enjoy watching him play. He chased one down in center field the other day that there, I didn't think there was any way he was going to get to it. <laughs> Should have been a ball f- for the right fielder, and he chased it down and took it away. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me with him. I mean, he's got – I mean, his his speed seriously is generational talent speed. I mean, you just you do not see that every day. I mean, the way he runs, he should be he should be a slot receiver in football. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, so you you guys have Austin P tonight. How is that game going? I know I know I've seen you in the chat talking about it, but the bane of my existence during college <laughs> baseball season is one little stat called LOB. Yes. Oh, yes. LOB stands for left on base. We went into the bottom of the seventh inning, down seven to three with 10 LOBs. Mm. You get guys on base, you've got to make them count. You just can't leave them out there. Uh, As we stand right now, Vanderbilt had a big inning in the seventh, put up eight runs. And what they did, they got singles and just base hit them to death. The entire bottom of the seventh put up eight. Uh, they currently laid 11 to seven, got 13 hits on the night. And would you believe we have 12 left on base? Jeez, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but, hey, midweek, Vandy, I mean, we've, we've, we've expect, we expect this. we it's like it's like it's like a practice game for them. They, they take the midweek as practice, and the weekend they go and they just take care of business. Yeah, that's one thing. 
I want to go back to 2019 when we didn't lose our first midweek game until the beginning of May. Sure. I mean, that's sure. what I want. But one in one hand and you know what else in the other and see which one fills right. up the fastest. Absolutely. And then this weekend, you guys, y'all go to Minnesota. I'm assuming it's going to be cold up there because it's Minnesota. And you got, what, Nebraska, Maryland, and Minnesota, which Maryland, I feel like, is your real test. Nebraska, they um, – you know, they started out 0-3 and one. They bounced back, and they actually swept out uh, South Alabama last week. And I re- I found that out today, and I was like, whoa! I thought they won two. I didn't. I just didn't see the game three results. And very impressed with that bounce back for them because everybody was very disappointed in their opening. And then you got Minnesota that's winless, and I I don't even know where to start with Minnesota. Have you ever seen a program fall off as what they have? Yeah. Just, I mean, just a couple of years ago, they were in a super regional playing Oregon State. Yeah, and they had the pitching was unstoppable, and now they're losing the teams that most of us probably have never even heard of, and that's just I don't know, it's weird. And then you have Maryland, who is a very very respected team, and they just came off the Ole Miss series, and they played hard. Unfortunately, they didn't get it done, but they get a chance to even the series because they play again in Minnesota, which is weird. Yeah, that is, that's weird. Uh, the one thing Maryland is the team up there that kind of worries me a little bit. If we're going to lose one, I think it's going to be to them, Mm -hmm. but I think it's all going to boil down to whether or not Savakul play pitches against us. If Mm -hmm. he does, (laughs) our bats are going to be quiet again. Because yep. he's, he's an elite pitcher. But I, I've got a good feeling about this. I think this is our get-right weekend. Sure. And, I mean, you couldn't pick a better time for it to be that. I mean, they – I mean, Nebraska, they have they have some good talent. And I, I believe they have a really good pitcher, actually. I think their ace is actually legit. And then Maryland, obviously, is a very well-rounded team. Minnesota – I don't know. I mean, I I think I think you guys sweep the weekend personally, but we will see. <laughs> I I had originally planned on going to that. Uh, one of our admins in in the college baseball smack is Bubba Bryant. Uh, I want to give him a shout out. He helped me. He helped me uh, create this group the day it was created. Uh, he's been with us ever since. Uh, good guy he's born and raised in minnesota currently lives in southwest iowa uh was going to go up there and hang with him for the weekend and we've been talking about for years how cool it would be for vanderbilt to play minnesota and now they get a chance and i don't get to go (laughs) and i'm bummed out about it because i had i had money set back to go and then had to take an emergency trip for a uh, family emergency and kind of wiped out that funding so Yep, life happens. <laughs> it's a shame. It really is. Eh. Let's see what else we got this weekend. Um, so, actually, you know what? I say let's get into our uh, golden broom. I think it's perfect okay. time to bring up the golden broom. And so this week, yes. Yeah, so this week we got to see um, got to see some interesting baseball and. The most interesting team is our Golden Broom winner, and that is Lamar. Ah, you know, they're 8-0. They deserve the spotlight this week. Um, 
They beat Texas A&M and Kansas State last week in the midweek, which is, well, for a minute, that Texas A&M game looked good, but we'll get to Texas A&M in a few minutes. <laughs> um, offensively, I mean, they're averaging four and a half runs a game. Pitching-wise, they're allowing three a game. So, I mean, they're saying on par, but I feel like Lamar's going to have to get them bats going if they really want to do something serious late in the season. But at the end of the day, though, if you're looking at um, who they beat at the end of the season, A&M and Kansas State are two solid squads to have on that list for sure. So a little story about our uh, golden broom. Uh, we all searched the scores all, you know, all weekend long. Well, not all weekend long, but we keep an eye on it. Uh, we had one team that, only played three games last week that was very much in line <laughs> to get the to be eligible for it went into Texas A&M and just just owned them and that was Portland yes but but of course you know life happens <laughs> uh, we had so many teams eligible this week that we had a hard time actually picking who won it. We really did. We're down to, what, four teams, I think? And, you know, we had South Carolina. We had Oregon State. uh, Just, but these guys aren't really playing anyone. And I think what won it out for Lamar is that they went on the road to win one Power 5 game turned around the next day and played at home against another power five team and won both of those in the midweek mm-hmm. and travel being the way it is to play one midweek game on the road at a power five and then come home to face another power. It's not an easy task. And I, th- no. I think for me, that's what, that's what put them at the top of the list for me. Absolutely. And I'm, I have a soft spot for these mid major teams really do and when someone when they do something like that i instantly have to give them a nod and i I didn't feel like what anyone else did over the weekend warranted it enough to jump past them not that they there wasn't good things done over the weekend it's just i really feel like those midweek games and then they were just powerful in the weekend and just kept it going so i no reason not to give it to them this week all right uh there there was another team that uh i did put out for nomination and that was Tarleton. And they started the week. They were putting up some crazy numbers. But in the end, they don't get it because they had a one-run win over was it Stonehouse, Stonehill, uh, just some random – I think it's a D school, <laughs> D2 school that they won a game by one run. And, you know, in all fairness, sometimes level of competition does matter. We sure. try not to make that a factor in the broom because, you know, if a team's putting up 60 runs in a week, it's pretty impressive and they deserve notice for that. Sure. But then again, if you're putting up 60 runs against a D2 school, it, it, it's, it makes it kind of tough. Absolutely. And going from Lamar, you know, midweek they beat Texas A&M and – I mean, Texas A&M arguably had the absolute worst week you could ask for. After all the preseason hype they got and they come in, everybody's thinking they're strong, and then 
drop an egg against Lamar, and then they go into the weekend. And Vincent, he called it. He called it. He said Portland was going to take them out, and Portland takes two or three. Should have won the third game, but eh, beggars can't be choosers. So, and they actually had a Portland actually had the lead in that game. Yeah. And after that, I mean, A&M, their credibility, they, it got shot. I mean, it, it really, really hurt them. And can they bounce back? Absolutely. But for the time being, they are the recipient of our Dirty Sock Award <laughs> because that was embarrassing. That said, I think Portland is going to have a very solid season this year. So, I'm trying to pull it up to see who, uh, who they play. I'm not finding. I'm not finding their baseball on Twitter or uh, on it. Here we go. Baseball schedule. Yeah, Texas A&M is four and three, and uh, very much could have gone winless on the week. Lost to Lamar seven to four. Lost to Portland ten to three. Uh, four to one, and then had to come from behind to win five to four. Uh, I think they walked that game off on Sunday. Yeah. But just if you're the number five team in the country, you can't go out playing like that. If I mean, it's on the road, you know, it's one thing, but at home. Mm. And, and speaking of which, uh, I did see where uh, – Coach Slossenagle had had some interesting things to say about the fans at Texas A&M. Uh, apparently, some of the fans were yelling at the players over the dugout. Oh, uh, no. Some pretty not cool things, and he's calling oh, out his own fan base. So that might be turning south in a hurry. Oh my gosh! That mm. when you start calling out the fans, that's a um, that's kind of a no no. Right there. Right. I mean, to be fair, A&M has some very passionate fans. Their, their home crowd, it sucks to go on the road to A&M. I mean, when they start doing those ball chants, uh, uh, I hate I it. I hate it. So I much, it. so much. That's the only thing I hate more than the whistling. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time when I was in Hoover and I heard that. And I looked at my dad and I said, what is that? And he was he he's like I don't know, and I just kept looking around the stadium. I was like, "Where's that coming from?" And I kid you not, I was sitting probably 250 feet away from my house, far away, and it was like they were right in my ear. And I was just I was impressed, but oh, I hated it. So but, which, much. but which one did you hear? Did you hear Jeff or did you hear Preacher? I Jeff think it was the, it was Jeff. Jeff is I believe. the loud one. Yeah. He's now, the one that gets the chirp, 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 followed by yeah. the clap, clap, clap. Yes, that's that's actually that's the one it was. Um, <laughs> now I'm not one of the fans that would go up to them and you know dog them out while they're watching the game. Like, what's his name from Barstool, dude? You mean you're not like Mincy? Nah, I don't like <laughs> Mincy. To be perfectly honest, I don't have anything against the guy, but he's he's not my cup of tea. I'm more of a Braden Walker kind of guy. There you go. Or Brandon Walker, whatever his name is. Brandon Walker. Yeah, I like him. He, at first, I, I didn't care for him, but eh, he's grown on me a little bit. Um, let's see. Um, so there is a team I have to touch on because 
I've talked about them on every show so far because I've had high hopes. But Cal State Fullerton, they let me down. They let me down big time. You know, they, they had the good start against Stanford. They played hard in that series, arguably could have swept the series, but just didn't have enough in the tank. They beat Tulane in the midweek, and then they play Michigan. And they only got to play two games because of the weather out there in California. But Michigan took both of them. They canceled yesterday's game. And now Cal State's sitting in a position where – you know, it's they're underwater right now, and they're going to have to backs, backs against a wall. Yes, and they're going to have to start fighting fast, or they are in a very bad spot. And tonight they're playing Southern California. Last week, Southern Cal went o three and one on the week. They traveled to Auburn actually, and uh, they lost two, and they ended up tying the third, I believe, due to a time restraint, tied at twelve twelve, and uh, shame. But you know, man. So you want to talk about programs with their backs against the wall. Uh, some interesting developments in the Big Ten this week. Uh, had a pitching coach and a hitting coach walk away from a P5 program, yes. leaving, on, leaving only the head coach and a volunteer assistant. Uh, their director of operations has also quit. And this is, I believe, a first-year coach at Northwestern and they're sitting at 0-6 and for it to go that south that quick uh, definitely some issues going on there uh, it it kind of irritates me to a degree because sure. you've got schools like that that aren't taking care of their program and aren't making any effort at all to make it good Sure. and then you got a school out here like Boise where the alumni want a baseball program and they just can't have one. Uh, and when they have had it, they've supported it and they've actually put a pretty decent product on the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, if you're not going to take care of your program, let somebody have it that will. Yeah. That, I couldn't imagine having my coaching staff quit on me, or especially early in the season. Or, I mean, early at any point. I mean, it's very unprofessional. And I mean, me personally, I can't say I would hire those guys. Yeah, you walk away six games into a season, that's, that's a bad, bad look. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a shame. It really is. Because college baseball is supposed to be on the rise right now. I mean, it's getting the most view, viewership that it's ever received, and then you have crap like that happening in a big conference. I mean, that's yeah, such a shame. It really is. And, and as bad as what Minnesota has played this year, I don't think they're Northwestern bad. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I think I think I think Minnesota just needs that first win, and I think then I think they'll bounce back. I don't think they're going to have a lot of wins this year, but you know, I mean, at least fifteen to twenty games. You got to win at least fifteen to twenty. You right. know, salvage the season, and they have their chance to do it. But right now, ah. They've got a lot of work to do. A lot of work. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I guess we can talk a little bit about the Round Rock Classic um, this past weekend. Um, Iowa Hawkeyes, to me, I was the most impressed by them. Um, obviously, when you play the number one team in the country, you're going to play your hardest baseball. There is no question about it. And they right. they they played hard against LSU. Uh, Brett came in. He had probably his worst showing, but was still amazing. And that's hard to say, but nobody could hit him, but he was given so many free passes. And 
LSU, when you talk about LOB, oh, my gosh, talk about some stress. I mean, every inning they were leaving runners on base. It just never stopped. I mean, Iowa truly gave LSU every opportunity to win that game. And they Didn't just you have like 14 left on base? I believe it was something 14, like that. Something like that. Yeah. The bane of my existence. <laughs> Absolutely. And then LSU goes and plays Sam Houston and just dominates them 16 to 4. And that win by them scoring that many runs and, and beating Sam Houston by 12 gave LSU the round wrap championship, which was weird to me. So, because I didn't. I didn't find this out until earlier today because I was wondering, I was like, how did LSU get labeled the champion of that tournament after getting beat by Iowa, which I understand Sam Houston beat Iowa, but LSU had to score at least 11 runs to be crowned the tournament champion. Yeah. Makes sense. So, yep. So they, they took it and Dylan Cruz had a phenomenal weekend. Braden Jovere had a great weekend. Um, it was a fun little weekend. Um, D one put on a, a good, a good show. They, um, I was nervous about like camera angles and all that, but it was like watching an ESPN um, cast and I couldn't really complain on that front. I didn't like that. You know, you have to spend 25 bucks to watch for the whole weekend. That's just absolutely ridiculous. But at the end of the day, LSU fan here, so got no choice. (laughs) (laughs) So with Brecht issuing eight walks in that game, do you, do you think that might be a problem going forward for him, or do you just think LSU's that good of a hitting team? That- um, you know, honestly, I think it is going to be a problem for him going forward because um, it's not like he was barely missing. Like he was really, he was when he was missing, he was really missing. And I mean, we had a few of our pitchers that were also throwing a few walks, and their pitches were barely missing. I mean, at first, yeah, he was like right on the line, but eventually it started just getting a little bit wild on him. And then he would just, he would catch a break. Something would happen and he'd get out of the inning every time. And I really, I think that, and they said it on the broadcast, he needs to give up football. Kids got way too much talent. Baseball is clearly his future. And right. when he, his pitch is on, oh my gosh. I mean, his slider is just unheard of. I, I mean, the movement in it was just beautiful. And I really want to see more out of him. And I think that I'm hoping that he's one of those guys that, you know, watches his performance back and takes notes and, you know, and improves from that. But one weird thing about him. So when he got, when he got pulled from the game, I don't know what he said. I have no idea what he said, but he got tossed by the ump. And the problem at Round Rock is there's not an exit in the dugout. So this guy has to run behind home plate and run out through left field to get out of the stadium. And it was very strange. I don't know if I, I have a feeling he was probably saying something to the umpire about missing a bunch of strike calls or something. I'm not sure, but it was very weird to see him just get tossed like that. So speaking of players, we talked about Breck. Do you know if there's any update on the status of Trey Morgan? He's back. He's playing. He's playing tonight. So okay. he um he just suffered a minor injury. He came back Sunday and played. He um he just he actually got hurt tonight in te- against Texas. He uh, but he didn't come out. He stayed in the game. Um, so he um he I, he collided with the wall, and when it happened, they just. Well, I mean, obviously knocked the wind out of him. He was sore, but they just wanted to pull him just to, for precautionary reasons. And 
I don't blame him. I hate that he couldn't play against Iowa, but it made sense. And then he um, tonight, though, he was uh, he was on second, and Jordan Thompson hits a nice little line drive of the outfield, and he cuts third. He slips a little bit, but as he's going to slide in, I mean, throw beats him by a good two steps and collides. The catcher was in front of the plate per- perfectly positioned, and when he collided, I think it just kind of jacked his back up a little bit. He, he laid on the ground for probably a good 10, 15 seconds before he got up. But he's still going and going strong. And do you have a early season favorite for the Golden Spikes Award? Absolutely, Paul Skeens, hundred percent. That's my guy right there. I'm. I know it's it's a homer mentality on that, but we know the talent he showed over the last few years at Air Force, and he's come in, and his pitching is lights out. I mean, he's got .75 ERA. He's allowed five hits on the season. He's uh, got 23 strikeouts on the season. I mean, his stuff is electric. And watching him is a true treat. It is serious. Like, I didn't realize, like, I knew we were getting really good talent with him. I didn't realize it was going to be as good as it actually is. So, I have one. Okay. And... It might actually surprise you who this guy is. Okay. But his performance this weekend. Let's just say he started his game as a pitcher. Ah. And hit three home runs. Yep. I know where you're going on this one. (laughs) So, do you you think that Jack Caglione – has an opportunity to sneak in there and take that award. Absolutely. I think he does. The only thing is that I, that I have to question on him and obviously nothing is against him. The guy's he's great. Um, what's he going to do when he faces the elite competition? That's really where my, and that's really my question with Skeens as well. What's he going to do when he faces the elite competition? I mean, I mean, Skeens, he, he pitched against Kansas state, Kansas state's the best team he's seen so far. That's, I mean, they're a respectable program. Pete Hughes does a good job with them, but you know, I I want to see schemes against someone big. Um, Caglioni, I want to see him against. Uh, you know, I want to see how he does against when he plays the Vanderbilt's, when he plays Tennessee. How how is he going to do against those teams? Now, see, I don't expect. To, and that's where yeah. I'm at with schemes too. Is yeah, absolutely. You know, what's he going to do facing the SEC? Because it's it's a different battery. <laughs> yeah. So. It's going to be interesting watching those two go at it all year with both of them being two-way players. Uh, Absolutely. Which one gets the edge? Heck, I'm waiting to see Skeens taking the bat. I, I'm, I would like him to. I know that he's supposed to, but I'm, I'm, no one's said this, but I'm really starting to think that he's understanding his future with our new pitching coach, and I think that he really is focusing more on pitching. But then again, I could be 100% off base on that, and he might he might come out and hit later tonight. For all I know, we could right. definitely use it because we're I mean it's zero zero going like in the sixth inning, so we we need something good to go go down in that game. <laughs> and then this weekend for LSU, they they got a four game series. They play two against Butler and two against Central Connecticut. And honestly, Central Connecticut hadn't even played a game yet this year. They're supposed to play tonight, but the game got canceled. So they will be making their season debut this weekend, and they'll play game one against Butler, and then Butler plays a doubleheader, and they play LSU 
fr- uh, yeah, Friday night, and this is a Friday through Monday series, which is, yeah. All right. And and I see we keep getting some people in and out watching us and uh, that nature. If you guys want to comment, we will m- most likely read your comments on the air. Uh, don't be afraid to uh, chip in and uh, tell us what you think. Uh, if, if you think we're doing a bad job, we don't mind sharing that. <laughs> we do probably even share that. Uh, what we want to do is this is from the fans for the fans. And we just want to talk about baseball from a fan's perspective. Now, uh, we have been picked up by Variety Sports Network. Uh, if you're into sports talk and like watching shows, talking about sports, mostly from a fan perspective, uh, give Variety Sports a look on YouTube. Uh, you can also find them on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, they have multiple sports. Uh, they have they have one channel that's dedicated to uh, collegiate sports. Uh, they've got uh, an NFL channel. They've got a football channel. They've got hockey channels. Uh, I think it's a good thing that they're trying to do here. Um, I'm just glad to be a part of it. And I want to give a shout out to Variety Sports for uh, giving us an opportunity to be part of their platform. So, uh, also if you see on the bottom, uh, there is, uh, some codes that you can use from some of the sponsors like row one brand is going by now. If you use, uh, the code VSP, you get 15% any off of any item on the website. Uh, if you're into authentic sportswear, row one brand is your outlet for that. So, you know, check out the sponsors. Go visit the Variety Sports Network uh, channels on YouTube. And don't forget to like and subscribe Subscribe because uh, that's how we get what we get is people subscribing and liking and it drives up traffic to our pro- uh, show that we're doing. So, yeah, jump in there. Throw us some comments. I think you're muted. <laughs> Can't hear you. <laughs> now I can hear. Got a little technical technical difficulties going on here. <laughs> I can I can hear you now. Oh, can, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, you're good now. I don't know what okay, you did, good. but it just went yeah. away. Like, yeah, nothing. okay. Yeah, so my daughter, she um, she decided she's on color on our floors, and we have like some tile that's like right by our front door, and she colored like on every square of it. And my wife went to go clean it up, and my daughter went to go over there, and she busted it. 
Ran right across oh. it and just fell. She's fine. My wife was just dying laughing over there. <laughs> so I had to go and check on her, make sure everything was okay. It happens. Uh, and that's that's the beauty of oh, it. Oh, absolutely. You never know what you're going to get because, you know, we're family men. I have Satan cat that sits over here in the corner behind me. She may <laughs> jump up here at any point in time and put her two, two cents in. So, uh just play along. I'm waiting on her to get there and meow again. <laughs> if, if if it happens, just play along with us. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's see. So where were we? Um, oh, are you ready for my crazy stat of the week? Give me, give me your crazy stat. All right. So I'm going to stick with southeastern Louisiana again because I am obsessed with this baseball program. Um, and I have to give a big shout out to southeastern Louisiana because my aunt Denise and my dad both went there. And southeastern's in Hammond, Louisiana, which is my hometown where I was born. So shout out to the home, technically the home team. All right. So, southeastern is seven and two in the season. They have 103 runs scored on only 80 hits. They have 70 walks, 40 hit by pitches, and they're 34 of 40 on stolen bases. That is ridiculous. To get even more ridiculous with them, Rhett Rosevere, who set the NCAA record last season for most hits by pitch in the season, he is currently batting 100. He's 2 for 20 on the season, but he scored 15 runs. He's had 13 walks, 10 hit by pitches, and has a 581 on-base percentage. That is absolutely amazing. And that is your crazy stat of the week. <laughs> I was I was looking for one, uh, one of the one of the crazy ones I heard earlier this week was Vanderbilt actually leads the SEC and caught stealing. And if you think I saw about that Vanderbilt, actually, and I, I was my mind was blown. If you think about Vanderbilt, you know. That's that's part of what their game is predicated on is getting on base and running because they just don't they just don't have sure. a lot of power in that lineup. So for them to have been caught stealing as many times as what they have already early in the season, uh, kind of gives you kind of gives you the idea that uh, they may face some troubles later on in the season. Sure. And because I, I believe the number going into today was what, seven times they've been caught? Seven times and had another one today. And another That's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Man. I mean, that. Whew. So this weekend, we have a huge, huge uh, series. And uh, it's the Shriners Classic in Houston. Uh, you have Texas taking a three game series against uh, Cal State Fullerton which should be – actually, I think that would be a very good series, very competitive. Um, but then you have a bunch of solid teams coming in for what makes out to be an amazing event this weekend. Um, I think that Louisville probably has the toughest uh, test this weekend because they have A&M, TCU, and Michigan, which is – I don't think anybody wants that. But – I mean, Louisville has been – well, Louisville hadn't really played anybody yet, but they've been solid offensively and pitching, and 
Their defense is also very good. I, I'm not going to say that Louisville's going to go undefeated this weekend by any stretch, but I think they will be a definitely. They have a chance to be a top contender yeah. after this weekend. So, wanted to throw this one out there at you too. Uh, you were talking about southeastern Louisiana. Tyler Finky mm-hmm. is second in the nation with 11 stolen bases. He's also second in the nation with two caught stealings, I believe. Let me double check that. No, he's been caught once. <laughs> okay. So, second in the nation in stolen bases and second in the nation in caught stealings. That's amazing. That really is. My goodness. But we all we all know um, that Enrique Bradfield Jr. has been caught three times already this year. Yeah, that's <laughs> so Amazing. he goes first two years in Nashville, never gets caught. And then well, his, his freshman year he was forty seven out of fifty four. And then the second oh, year. Oh, was he? Was, oh. I thought he never second, got caught. Okay. Yeah, and in the second year, he was 46 of 46. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Just Still, insane. though, either way. Yeah. Eh. That's yeah. a lot of running. And he may have given So, this weekend. May, yeah, he may have given away his secret to stealing bases, too. As he was on a show the other night talking uh, about uh, what he looks for when he decides to go. And he t- he was talking about he mm-hmm. looks at the pitcher's right hand pocket, and if it's not level with the left hand pocket, that's when he goes. Mm-hmm. And it's like okay, you just gave away your secret <laughs> because it's about. I'm going to start paying attention to that now. It's about yeah. the balance. If you're not I balanced gotcha. on the mound, okay. you know, you caught him off balance. Absolutely, yeah. That. That's, that's, that's very smart. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, let's see here. Uh, so how would you feel if you were Michigan's head coach this week when you have Cal Irvine and UCLA as your midweeks, then you have to go to Houston and play TCU, Texas Tech, and Louisville? That's a daunting task in your first year of the program. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very daunting, but I guess that's better than being Eric Backage at Clemson and having to worry about a team being mouthy and celebrating in your own house because they swept you. You know, I'm I'm like our old buddy Randy Jowers. You know how you stop them from being mouthy? You don't get swept in your own house. And I feel that because exactly. we, got swept, we, got, we got swept in our own house. Uh, a year ago we didn't like how they celebrated but you know what we didn't do anything to stop them so more power to them exactly it's kind of like when baker mayfield put the flag at uh ohio was ohio state when he put the flag in the middle of the field planted the oklahoma flag (laughs) if you don't want (laughs) to plant the flag some balls to do that right if you don't want to plant the flag Don't give them an opportunity to do it. Absolutely. So, do you have any um, you got any predictions for this weekend? Predictions for this weekend. 
I say Vanderbilt goes to Minneapolis and pulls out a three and zero weekend. I fully agree. Fully agree. I think uh, I think TCU is going to continue this downward spiral that they've had recently, and I think they're going to at least drop two games this weekend. Playing playing Michigan and. I forget who the other one is. And then on Sunday, they have Rice. Uh, and they have Louisville. Louisville's the one. Yeah. I, I can see them losing to Michigan and Louisville. For sure. I didn't know what to expect out of Michigan this year. And so far, I'm very impressed with what they're doing. And I kind of going to keep an eye out for them. I mean, they're always strong, but hey, they've done some good stuff so far. I, I think they're going to be in the um, upper half of the Big Ten. Sure. Do you have a, a Big Ten pick yet for who you think is going to win the conference? I think it's going to come down to Maryland, Iowa, Rutgers. Uh, I think Illinois will make some noise. And maybe Ohio State. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Iowa is my pick right now, just off of what I saw the other day. Now, if Brett if he gets really consistent, that that's a dark horse right there. He he could definitely do something. So, yeah, I think Iowa is my my lean right now, but we shall see. Um, I think LSU goes four zero this weekend. If if we lose one of these four games, it's an absolute embarrassment to the program, and Jay Johnson should get fined money for it. And and the reason I throw Illinois out there in the Big Ten is they did go to Southern Miss and took two out of three down there this weekend. Absolutely beautiful showing for That's the Illini. Sure, I mean that it's not easy to go to Southern Miss and and even win one game. So winning two out of three, that's a I don't get it don't get much better than that. Um, you know, another team too that um was expected not to do so hot, uh, Missouri. They went three and one last week. They had a four game series with Florida International, which Florida International is not a big team, but I mean now they're what five and two on the season when yep. everybody picked them to be the worst team in the SEC. So they've got some good momentum riding their way right now as well. Uh, let's see. I wanted to highlight one team. I don't understand what happened in the rankings this week, but our team of our mid-major profile last week was on Campbell. Mm -hmm. They go out, they mm -hmm. win their series this weekend, and they drop out of the polls. Yeah, I didn't get and that I, one either. I don't understand uh, it why no they sense. got dropped. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, maybe they're just seeing what might team. And hell, even Iowa didn't even get put in on a lot of polls. They only made it in like one or two polls. So, I mean, I'm not understand. D one though, they do this every year. Like, especially early in the season, they have some of the weirdest rankings that I just can't understand at all. Um, like, for instance, LSU, Stanford, staying one, two. I'm fine with that. I thought Stanford might have taken a little bump in the rankings, but they, they didn't. And uh, I think Wake Forest should have gotten some more love in the polls for sure. 
Oh, just looking at the scoreboard tonight. Um, South Carolina upstate. Mm. Knocks off Clemson. Whoa. Clemson, <laughs> Clemson's having a rough go of it right about now. They really are. But in their defense, though, South Carolina Upstate, they have actually – they have a few – I think they have a few good wins under their belt this year already. Or they've at least been a good thorn in the side on some people. And, and that just that just blows my mind that they're able to do that. Doubled them up six to three. Uh, wow. SC Upstate is – Seven and two. Uh, they the two losses are Toledo eleven to three and Michigan State thirteen to six. But they've they've pretty much blown out everybody else that they've played. Northwestern nine to nothing, North Florida nine four fifteen seven, and Towson just wasn't even that wasn't even competitive. But. You know, an, er- an early eyeball on Clemson for a dirty sock, possibly. Absolutely. That's, whew. I mean, I know it's midweek, but man. Mm. When your team's already not doing that great, I mean, come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> and this weekend, you know, another another good series that we have, uh, Miami and Florida this weekend. And that'll be, it will finally be the real, the first test, really, for both teams. Um and I, I think I'm going to favor Florida in the series, but also know that every year Miami and Florida always beat each other. There's no like one team dominating usually. It's usually back and forth. So I'm going to lean Florida two or three, but I could definitely be very wrong. And and me just being me and not seeing much out of Florida. Uh, I don't know what everybody else saw in the preseason. Uh, I think I'm going to lean Miami on that one. Okay. Miami's, Miami's been solid so far, and I have no other reason. I have no reason to think that they wouldn't be solid again against a team like Florida. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, to give a little score update, um, LSU and Texas, they're in the top of the seventh inning right now, and it is 0-0. Zero, zero. Pitchers do. I mean, this is just yes. Um, so to give some uh, stats, um, Thatcher Hurd went four point two innings today. He uh, he allowed three hits, no runs, three walks, four strikeouts. I can live with that. Uh, much better showing than you know last week for him, and it's a good start. And then now we have uh, Nate Ackenhausen in, who's a junior college transfer, left-hander. And he had some ridiculous numbers in JUCO, but for LSU, for some reason, we get JUCO pitchers. They don't really translate very well. Well, he's the exception because he has so far come in, and he, he, nobody can really hit him. I mean, he allowed one home run. His like, I want to say, his second appearance. Outside of that, nobody can hit him. So so far tonight, he's gone one point one innings. He's got two strikeouts, and that's. That's a stat line. I like it. Um, and then we go to Texas is pitching, and they're pitching. They all right. So they've had three pitchers tonight. Um, I cannot remember his first name, but his last name. Oh, LeBaron Johnson. That kid 
is good. I was very shocked at like what his arm did. Um, I'm not sure what he's done this season so far, but tonight he went five innings, three hits, two walks, nine strikeouts. I mean, he was very dominant. He um, he has a very good fastball. I saw him touch 99. Um, his changeup is really good. His splitter is absolutely unhittable. Um, and then when he, they pulled him, because I, I want to say, he, yeah, he, he was up to 92 pitches. So they pulled him after five. And then um, they've had two guys come in so far and no hits, but uh, both have thrown a walk and they each have a strikeout. So, yep. So we're sitting in the seventh. Uh, LSU's batting with a uh, runner on first with one out. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, Southern Miss is currently up on Mississippi State, eight six, and that's at that's, good. that's at Duty Noble. And it you mentioned it earlier, TCU, TCU, uh, they're in a one-one battle with uh, Dallas Baptist in the seventh. Okay, that's the team that we've been asking about, Dallas Baptist. Here we go. Here's that test for them. And want to want to give a shout out to uh, the Duke Blue Devils. They've been a solid program for the last four or five years. On the border of top twenty-five, uh, been in the tournament a couple times. Uh, they actually put it on Vanderbilt in the Super Regional, pretty good one night. And I don't think they liked the answer that they got the next night because <laughs> that was no, the. <laughs> That was the 19 strikeout no hitter by uh, Kumar Rocker, but Duke hosted ECU tonight. They three hit ECU, which is a solid hitting club, and beat them nine to nothing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give a shout out to the Blue Devil fans uh, worldwide. Absolutely, that, that's a nice win right there for that program. Agreed. Very much agreed. And. I mean, last week they they laid the hammer on Baylor and absolutely embarrassed that program, and now they're keeping that streak going. And I mean, I don't know about you, but if, if there was ever a, um, an early contender for a Golden Broom, the Duke Blue Devils sure are making a good start. Yeah, that's a, that's a real good start toward the Broom. So, sure. So you got, any, um, you got anything else you want to throw I'll out say, there? Man, I, I think that's all I've got tonight. We talked about a lot of stuff tonight. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Uh, one question. How did Christian Little do this past weekend? Um, He actually – I'm not sure he pitched. Please, please tell me he's Let the me one check. that gave up all the runs to Iowa. <laughs> no. No, no, no. No, he um, – he actually, I know this. Um, he has not had a bad outing yet. He is actually, he's been pretty solid. Um, I'm pulling his stuff up right here to see what he did. I just, off the top of my head, I cannot remember what he did. All right. So, okay, no, he he actually did not pitch over the weekend. He um, so he did he pitched the midweek last week. And, I mean, on the season, he's 5.2 innings pitch. He's allowed one hit, no runs, no earned runs, one walk, and nine strikeouts. I can't ask for much more. <laughs> that just 
that's interesting that he didn't see the field at all this weekend. Uh, kind of makes me wonder yeah. if Jay Johnson's going to use him in the midweeks. Uh, and you wish the guy would have a little bit better because he's a, he's a junior in eligibility. And, and you want more from him to be a weekend piece. But, you know, if Jay Johnson sees sure. that he's a midweek guy, then more power to him. Sure. And honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, there's a good chance that he might be saving Christian to actually start one of our four games this weekend. Because um, so the Iowa game, um, Riley Cooper was our starting pitcher, and he was a, he was a force out of the bullpen last year. He actually, um, I want to say he was he was definitely top three in the conference in appearances, and um, he just he didn't have a good outing. His um, he was missing the zone. I mean, barely missing, but he was missing the zone a lot, and he um, allowed a lot of hits and a lot of runs in that game. And I have a feeling that his job is definitely up for grabs. Um, I think Chase Shore's job on Sunday is also up for grabs. I mean, he's looked good so far, but he hasn't – I don't think he's really – he hasn't developed enough to have his shutout pitch. And um, he's not getting a lot of strikeouts. I mean, the kid's 6'8", and he's throwing 90, like 96, and he doesn't have that put-out pitch. So I think that – I think both those jobs are still open. I don't think Shores will lose it, but I think Cooper will lose his job, even though Jay Johnson said Riley Cooper was the best pitcher out of uh, camp in terms of performance. So right. maybe he'll let him keep going, but I really could see Christian Little coming in there and getting a, a fair shot because, I mean, I think so far from what he's shown, he's definitely earned it and because uh, he, he definitely – he got LSU out of a big jam in the midweek last week. Um, bases loaded, comes in and gets us out of it and couldn't ask for more. And – he pitched a few innings after that, and he just – he was lights out. And so I hope he gets a chance to start this weekend. But With Cooper, him being a, a a nice piece out of the bullpen last year and then turning him into mm-hmm. a starter this year, and he, you know, fair to say he struggled against Iowa. I remember last year Vanderbilt tur- took Nick Maldonado – was our closer in 2021 and turned him into a starter last year. And he just did not have mm-hmm. good results at all. Ended up getting hurt. Sure. Really struggled all year long. And then this year he's he's back in the pen. Uh, he's back in the closer role. I, I just wonder if there's something to do with the mentality. You know, because in the closer you're coming in – you know your your time on the mound is limited. You're coming in to get outs. Whereas the starter, mm-hmm. you kind of have to pace yourself a little bit better. And I, I just wonder sure. if that has something to do with that. Uh, if he's having a hard time making that transition from going hard to having to pace yourself. And, and he very well could. Um, so usually last season when he would pitch, he would usually go probably – one to probably four innings would be about his his length. And then opening weekend, I mean, he looked great. And I was like, I was even shocked. I was like, all right, maybe this he's there's a reason for this. And then last week, I was just last weekend, I just really felt like he was really just out of his element. And I think if he were to come out of the bullpen, I think he would definitely do better. Now, I fear that Jay Johnson might adopt a uh, Paul Maneri 
little scheme and pull the Johnny Holstaff. And so far, I have not seen that this year, and it's been kind of refreshing. So I'm hoping that we don't see it. But but then again, I mean, there's no reason not to do it, I guess, to just to be able to figure out who's going to be able to give you the most strikes. And, I mean, we've got so many arms that, I mean, anything at this point is possible. Unfortunately, the guy who should have been our weekend uh, rotation, he's out for the season. Um, you know, he's Uncle Tommy's in town for him. And then um, we actually have a pitcher that is not pitched yet this year. He's still rehabbing. Um, Javen Coleman, very highly touted left-hander that we had two seasons ago. He was almost unhittable as a freshman. And then last year he hurt his, he hurt his elbow. He had to get – had to get uh, Tommy John surgery, and now um, Jay Johnson said that he would be doing a bunch of bullpens, and they would evaluate him after week one. But they said there's a chance he might be shut down. Well, just recently, I mean, kids sharing videos of him pitching, and I'm not gonna lie to you, it looks electric. So. And, and Vanderbilt had a guy like that, Sam Laboki, that uh, two years ago, mm-hmm. like kind of mid-season, uh, had to be put on himself, had surgery. Uh, he wasn't ready to start the year last year, so they, they kept him off the roster, uh, didn't use him at all last year. He's come back this year, and, you know, he's he's a good, you know, finish off an inning guy, but beyond three or four batters, he, he just isn't the same pitcher that he was before surgery. Uh, I hate that for the kid because sure. he – he has he had really good stuff before that, and it, it's just not coming through for him right now. Uh, hopefully that changes. Uh, a couple of our mid-range guys just just aren't doing it. Patrick Riley, uh, you see reports coming out on him, coming out of uh, summer ball up in the Northeast, saying he's got the best spin rate of any college player in baseball. And you get into the season, and – He's laid two eggs so far, uh, you know, just not coming together yeah. for him. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there. So yeah, to be fair, he has to face some really good competition. <laughs> this is true, but again, he, Sam Oboke gives up a grand slam to Austin P today. <laughs> but, mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so. Hey. Riley got the start, gave up a run in the first, pulled him for Laboki. He got he finished off the first, come out in the second, and gives up a grand slam. Ouch. Man. Puts you behind that the eight sucks. ball right away. That really does. Yeah. Man. Let's see if there's any update in the LSU game. Going bottom of the seventh, still 0-0. Zero, zero. Awesome. Well, I think that's probably going to be it for tonight. Um, look forward to a Great weekend of baseball coming up, and, um, yeah, we'll see you here. Um, We'll probably do one later this week again. It's always fun doing these. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. Um, So, yeah, so, everybody, thank you for watching, um, and enjoy your baseball.